Inshallah, my brothers, welcome to a phenomenal day on this earth. Day number, could someone do the math for me? Let's take 6,022 years and get that into days, whatever that is. I feel like Jean-Luc Picard. Earth date, 5071007 log, as it were. I hope you like my sweet uh, hat. This is this is a uh, shout out to all uh, all the farm boys. Yeah, let me tell you, Andrew, welcome, brother. I do not. I, that's why I actually turned it around for for good measure. I do not support industrial farming. It is one of the greatest scourges uh, of all time. The industrialization of annual monocropping. Maybe we will. Maybe we will go down this rabbit hole. Corn. <laughs> Just start there. Start with corn, as it were. Andrew, brother, are you a farmer? This will be this will be the test. Ah, so, so, man, I was just thinking about this whole this whole vibe of. Um, you know, industrial, the industrial uh, kind of power, um, the industrial power institutions. And one of them is, you know, because part of, of gold, part of economy, the domain of economy is obviously production, productivity, fruitfulness. And we get to this, uh, this place where, you know, I don't know, something like 80 to 90% of America, uh, you know, used to grow a, a large portion. Wait a minute. Welcome, brother. You have made it indeed. A large portion of the U.S. population used to grow a large portion of their food in their own backyards, you know, whether it was uh, a few egg chickens, whether it was, um, you know, a vegetable garden, whether it was, uh, you know, hunting uh, for meat. The food dependency system was hugely local. And then obviously with a huge part of this is, is the Second World War, where you get this insane uh, mobilization, you know, industrial, industrial war, right? Insane mobilization of men to go and fight a war. Well, guess what? You know, now you need, you need to industrialize the food system to feed all of them, you know? And so, so you, need to, you need to just absolutely pack in the calories uh, into a storable, cannibal, um, you know, system. And then obviously you're also not having dudes. I mean, there were kitchens on the battlefield, but I mean, you know, you're not for the most part, you're, you're making processed food that people can just open and eat uh, or open heat up and eat. And so you get this, um, you know, then you, you start asking, well, like what are the easiest things to do that with, you know? And so corn became a huge, absolutely huge, calorie uh, source, you know. Um, there's an interesting, uh, there's a really interesting guy, Mark Shepard. He farms up in Wisconsin. He's built a polyculture farm. So he, instead of just having monoculture, you know, he's he's uh, planted fruit trees, nut trees. He's done them in alleyways, silver pasture. So he has alleyways. So you'll have trees and the alleyways between the trees are, you know, two tractors, uh, with the part so that you can either graze animals down the middle, you can you can use tractor machinery, 
you could, if you want, plant annual crops between between the rows. Um, but basically, getting you know at least seven up to ten different uh, forms of yield on your one piece of land, you know, and then that's when the industrial guys come in and they're like, yeah, but you could get a hundred percent corn, whereas you're only going to get you know ten percent corn, ten percent this, you know, and it's incredibly inefficient. And it's like, yeah, but it's incredibly healthy for your soil. You're not putting in crazy, uh, you know, chemical inputs. You know, you plant a tree once, uh, you plant a bush once, you plant a lot of, you know, annual cropping, you have to plant it every year. You have to mortgage this huge amount of machinery. You have to have uh, chemicals. You have to have chemical fertilizers. You have to have diesel. Um, you know, the incredible uh, output input output that is, is required energy wise for annual cropping um and then of course if if your monoculture fails you know which is why they have to manage it so hardly uh, so intensely if your monoculture fails like that's your whole crop gone but if 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 corn fails on your polyculture well that's just 10 percent of what you do everything else carries on so anyway he says this chap mark shepherd he's, he's worth looking up on youtube he says that every civilization that has heavily relied upon annual cropping has eventually failed, has eventually declined, or, or uh, not even a decline, but there's a there's a drop off, there's a collapse. There we go, collapsed, has collapsed. You know, so whether you you relied on on uh, corn or wheat or rice. Uh, the problem is it's a it is inherently an urban correlation right your your population goes from having polyculture homesteading sustainability to coming to the cities and now you you're having to annual crop to to keep up the cities you know and there's a huge correlation uh with with urban decay with agricultural decay you know because anyway so with world war 2 all these guys go off to the war and they come back from the war the um the food system isn't going to be like, oh, okay, cool, let's go back to farmers markets and mom and pop, uh, you know, little restaurant vibes and you know people making all their own food and and yard birds and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, we, you know, we've we've invested all this infrastructure in high caloric, uh, storable food. Let's carry on. Let's market this stuff. Let's market it to the public and carry on. You know, it's the same way when you look when you drive around the Corn Belt. You know, you see these massive uh, silos and you, you just understand the, the sheer scale of investment required. You know, you're not, it's a sunken cost. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, this is a bad idea. Let me start farming cattle or let me start farming polyculturally. It's like, nope, we've, you know, you spend a million bucks on machinery, you spend a million bucks on, on infrastructure. It's like you need to carry on uh, farming this way. And also you, you're destroying your soil, so you need to carry on with with the petrochemical fertilizers. Cameron McDade, welcome, fine share. So uh, anyway, you know, there, there's, there's been 50, 60, 70 years now of, of monoculture um, annual cropping. That is, the, that is our, you know, and then you have to keep finding ways. So what's really interesting with Wendell Berry, who I also suggest reading, uh, start off with his book of collected essays, uh, er, the world-ending fire but in that book he so he's an agrarian writer from kentucky 
um, he has his own farm where he uses uh, horse-drawn machinery, uh, polycultural practices, etc. Uh, but he's huge on inheritance, heritage, uh, local, um, stewarding the land, you know, all this stuff. But he writes, where was I going with this? Cropping. I've rabbit trailed my own rabbit trail. We'll come back to what the Wendell Berry has said. But so for 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 ourselves though, like you know, going forward with this, when you look at health, oh, that's what we we're saying. Sorry, with the corn. There we go. I knew I knew I'd come around. The rabbit was just eating a carrot, and now it's continuing. With the tobacco farmers in Kentucky, they would have a um, a limit. So they had a tobacco growers association. In order to grow tobacco, you had to be a member of the association. And the association would give you a an allotment of how much tobacco you're allowed to grow according to the amount of acres you have or you know whatever. So it's like if 10 farmers all join and they have an average of, you know, or between them, there's like a thousand acres. We know that the allotment of tobacco that we're going to grow this year has to be shared among those 10 farmers according in ratio to their land size. So it was a system where even the small guy would get, he would get a fair shake of growing tobacco. And then because they limit the amount of tobacco grown, there was a really good market price for tobacco because they wouldn't just be like, oh, we grew too much tobacco this year and the price falls down because then the small guy struggle. The small guys are like, man, like I didn't get much money because some big shot guy with a million dollar tractor, he just flooded the market. So this, this kind of, scale this again this is all about hierarchy and limitation you know you don't just go and oh we're just gonna you know flood the market but that's what they've done with corn and with soy they've just flooded the market of like they literally don't know what to do with it they've got so much of it you know well let's make corn syrup let's make corn ethanol let's make corn gold you know it's like let's make corn you know it's like you've got so much corn that the you know the, the return aren't, isn't what it should be. The incredible uh, energy required to produce it isn't what it's, you know, so now they have subsidies, right? So now all these farmers get subsidized, you know, and it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the absolute industrial uh, foolishness of annual monocropping. And so, you know, you also, you know, as things mechanize, you know, you 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 go and get mortgage for for huge machinery and infrastructure. You have to make this work, and now you've got the scale where you can start buying up the guys who aren't doing the scale. You know, it's it it suits this thing where there's no limitation of scale. The small guy can't he can't keep up, you know, with the big guy because the big guy's just going to outproduce him, and there's no there's no uh, there's no checks on just flooding the market uh, with with price wise things. Anyway, so it's all just a very, it's a, a very interesting thing of like seeing how annual cropping has kind of how it, um, number one, has poisoned the nation. You know, if you eat corn syrup, you if you eat soy, you're literally being poisoned. Um, and then, you know, poisoning the water system, poisoning the, 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 the aquifers with, with petrochemical fertilizers and then uh, pesticides and herbicides and all this kind of stuff. And then the absolute just wash you know, of, uh, you know, since, since getting into the whole permaculture world of seeing like how soil is supposed to be treated, 
Soil is supposed to be covered. You know, if soil is, is uncovered, weeds will grow up. Weeds are there to cover the soil. Um, or if you don't, if you don't, if you, if you uncover soil, then you put straw down or mulch down or something to protect the soil because otherwise the soil will get blown away, will get washed away. And so you lose all that fertility. Now it's not all doom and gloom because you, you'll watch these documentaries where it's like absolute doomer. Oh my gosh, it's all over. We're all going to die. And it's like, no, like the key is getting back to people growing their own food, stewarding their own soil, uh, ignoring the huge industrial food system um, and going, going at it themselves. And you can build soil very quickly. You know, you, through composting, uh, you can build soil very quickly. And so there's this incredible optimism on smaller scale decentralization again of coming back to local, coming back to, to your own, what can you do? Um, and again, growing your own food, it's healthier. Growing your own food, it's more respect. Growing your own food, there's an actual appreciation for the life cycle. Un-Canadian, welcome brother. Bucket hat stream, no way. That's right. I thought I would, you know, just uh, put it up, put it up there. RJJ, alam dalala, as it were. I need to learn Arabic. I think it'll be very edifying to the soul, as it were. Shukuran. <clears throat> so that's my that's my rant on on. No, I'm not finished with my rant on industrial agriculture. So the other thing is that it you know so it forces all the small far small farmers out because they can't compete with with the mechanized scale. And so, um, so you end up getting these huge giant uh, farms, kind of racking up just monoculture. You know, and you create kind of you create these small town uh, depopulations. You know, because the small town, there were a hundred polycultural farmers. You know, a hundred little farmers with you know also you know their own animals, their own uh, all sorts of things they're growing. Small mom and pop industry, small mom and pop process, small mom and pop logistics will be in the small little farming town, right? Well, we need people to process the hogs so you'll you'll have a little slaughterhouse we need someone to uh do all the nut uh the nut sorting and packing well now you'll have a a, a nut sorting and packing business you know we need um all these different little industries you know we can have an alcohol distill for all of the apples and the grapes you know you can there's so many little industries when you have when you have multiple um species of things that you're farming. And again, you have more population. If you have 100 little farmers, that's 100 farming families. And farming families tended to be very large, praise God. But if you only have, you know, if those 100 farmers are reduced down to, to 10 farmers who, who gobble it all up, well, now that's 90% of the, the, the main population that have, are now leaving the town to go to the city or, or will go, go elsewhere. So that's a huge loss. And then we're going to turn it all into annual. So instead of the 10 different uh, industries that were around trees and hogs and this and that, now it's just corn and feedlotting, you know. Now, the problem with industrial uh, monoculture is that the corn doesn't go to the little town. The feedlot doesn't go to the little town to be processed and, and logistic, logist logisticized. Vertical integration, right? So now all the corn goes to like one, you know, one company who secures the rights to all of it. All the, the pigs go to one big slaughterhouse or all the chickens go to one big slaughterhouse who secured the the um, distribution rights to all of them. And so the small town absolutely dies. The small town has no more primary industry which was based on agriculture. 
or employment, an economy that was based around agriculture. And so, you know, the people all head off uh, to the city or they become um, opioid welfare people living in trailers in rural areas where there's no work. You know, there's a, there's a dollar store, there's a gas station, there's a hardware store uh, and a McDonald's. And then, you know, oh, and a post office. And like, that's your, you know, that's, that's your economy in the town. So it, it's all, it's all fascinating of like, how do, how do you have a nice small town? You know, everyone's like, well, it's a rural farming town. And it's like, not with industrial agriculture, you will not have a nice rural farming town surrounded by industrial agriculture. It has to be small family. And, and when I say small, I'm not, not talking like, oh my gosh, you, you, everyone has no farms bigger than 10 acres or whatever. It's like, no, like you could have a thousand acre farm if you wanted to and still farm it in a way that is going to bless the town. That is going to be uh, polycultural. It's going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to grow uh, industries and all this kind of stuff. What I'm saying is that there needs to be that kind of mindset of we're not here to be industrial farmers. We're here to, to be uh, stewards of, of not only economy. You know, this is the kind of capitalism and communism thing of like, well, you guys are communists. Well, you guys are capitalists. And like, you know, it's like pick a side. It's like, no, we'll pick the third position which is love your people, love your place. Farm as unto the Lord, you know, farm for Christ and country, for love of your people, love of your place. And it's like, there's this, there's this choice to, you, you do have to choose people and place over money because there are, you know, it's probably a, a lot easier to make a quick buck with cash cropping, you know, um, and mortgaging on machinery and, and going at scale and all this kind of stuff. So it's just all very interesting. I think there's there's kind of going to be a, a scale, you know, if we want if you want to live in a nice small rural town, there has to be a vision for the changing of what agriculture looks like and for kind of the taking on of personal responsibility for, you know, people to start even if you're in the little town and just have a little quarter acre um house in in a small town, it's like are you going to have some chickens in your yard? Are you, you going to grow um a little tomato patch? Like you know, there has to be some sort of understanding that we want our food as local as possible. And it's like, you know, then you, you're going to have your local grocery store is going to start um, stocking from all the local farmers. You're not going to be hauling in stuff from the Kroger uh, vertical integration chain. You're not going to be hauling stuff in from, you know, Mexico and California. It's like, no, we're going to do everything local. Th that kind of technology, you know, We've lost that technology. Uh, it's very painful to build back. Uh, we'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. You know, we'd have a local co-op in a nanosecond. Um, and that's what we've got to, you know, it's like chaps, we've got, to, we've got to get back to this place of, yes, it's painful, but we have to start doing things locally in the local economy. And so that's just the, the agricultural side. There's many different um, aspects to that of, you know, what are, the, what are the end goals of us bringing our money back into our community? It's so that more, families like us would want to live in rural areas in smaller towns you know and even if you do live in a town of like you know five to ten thousand that still still applies you know there's that town of five to ten thousand is going to be ruled by kroger and walmart it's going to be ruled by um boomer capitalism boomer industrialism you know of you know i'm fat i have a a blue disabled thing on my car and I go I go through the drive through at Starbucks or Dunkin 
uh, and I get all my food at, at Kroger or Walmart, uh, and I, you know, support America, you know, thank the troops. And it's like, you know, you're destroying your own people in your own place. We have to understand this idea of bringing out, you know, it's economic warfare. This, this life that we are in, this, this struggle, this life and death struggle uh, for our tribe, for our people, it comes down a lot of it to food. It comes down a lot of it to, to the everyday basics of economy. Wait a minute. I've partnered with my folks on my garden. My mother grows tomatoes and peas in her garden. I grow potatoes and tend my muscadine vines, pecans, peaches, and figs. I plan on scaling up this next year. That is phenomenal, my fine friend. Yeah, we're doing the same. So um, we uh, we uh, are getting eggs from from my mother-in-law, which is you know, really wonderful. Um, and I think we're going to do meat birds uh, next year. We we have secured some space. Uh, our neighbor may be preferable uh, to us. She is preferable to us uh, using. Uh, and stewarding her field next to us for her. So I think we're going to try some some meat rabbits and some meat chickens next season. It'll be very wonderful. But it's exactly that. You know, it's now starting to find out, like, what am I good at? Or what is my little plot suited for? Uh, what are the people I'm friendly with? What are they suited for? And what are they good at? And, like, now you have local bartering economy, you know? And, of course, you can even pay for it or you can gift it or whatever. But it's, like, it's great because now your 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 food, your the essence of life, right? We eat four to five meals a day. And we know where this food comes from. We know the people that this food uh, was grown by. You know, it's like, it really does change life. Like, it, it's a huge white pill. Like, it's an amazing white pill, you know. When you're not going off to, to Kroger and, and being, you know, scowled by, by a bunch of normies, you know, of like, this is living. We are, we are getting back to this place of like, man, like, I don't have to give my money to my enemies. I don't have to be scolded by people who, uh, you know, think they can gatekeep me and control me uh, through food and water and waste. It's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal white pill. Praise God for it. <clears throat> Un-Canadian, plunder Globo Farmville to start based Farmville. Exactly that, man. You know, and that's the great, that's the great excitement. Is seeing, you know, is seeing the, the system cannot, the system will collapse. You know, it is that every single civilization that has based itself on annual monocropping has collapsed. Ours is collapsing. And so, you know, it's learning the skills in our own little backyards. And it's like, if you have the means, you know, to start buying up farms and there's, you know, one of the greatest things is, is co-ops, you know? So going in together on a piece of land, if, if you can't afford it, or if you don't have all the skills or whatever, and it's like learning to produce our own food, um, cause it's not going to be from the industrial farm guys. They've got too much invested. They've got too much sunk in cost, even if they are our guys, God bless them. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, there's too much, it's almost like a sunken cost. You cannot change over the business as it were. Uh, well, not with that attitude, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to be from, from homesteaders. It's going to be from dudes who are like, yep, yeah, I'm going to dabble a little bit in the backyard and, and every year I'm going to keep keep increasing, keep expanding. Uh, every year I'm going to, you know, keep meeting other dudes who are doing this. Um, and it's an incredibly exciting uh, journey to be on of like taking, taking control of something that we were so dependent on another system for, so dependent on enemy institutions for. And then seeing how that works out in our local area. You know, I, I think this thing, once you understand what uh, 
is to a to a small town, what Walmart or Kroger are to a median medium sized town. You see the absolute like, oh my gosh, these are doom centers. These are these are occupying destruction centers on my people in my place. You know, and even um, it's really funny. You know, you'll get people who um, will be like, oh, you know, this mom and pop store is is so expensive. It's fifteen percent more expensive. I'd rather go. Uh, you know, they, they do this especially with like restaurants and and things like. I'd rather go uh, to Starbucks. Or I'd rather go to McDonald's. And it's like, you know, those people are not going to make it. They're not going to. They're not going to make it because you you have to understand. Like, you have to go meet the people who run the shop. You have to go meet the people who own the shop, who own the businesses. And then you realize like, okay, these are my people. You know, this is our place. Like we want to, we want to build our own economy. We want to localize our economy. And again, a lot of that's not going to happen until we go based Farmville and like, you know, you get a bunch of people moving to one place or whatever, which is wonderful. But until that time, it's like, okay, tribal businesses, tribal economy. You know, we have to be finding each other of like, Things that can be mailed or that that aren't location sensitive, you know, how can we do this with our tribal friends? You know, how can we use our tribal friends' services? You know, if you, especially if you are in a institution, you know, if you're plundering a, a Globo Corp, if you can, if you need, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, consulting work or whatever, consult to the guys in your tribe. You know, like, hey, does anyone in my tribe have a have a consulting for this thing? And then you you give them the the contracts you give them the inside track to to you know applying for jobs and applications and things like that but we want to build our local and tribal of civilizational uh ascendancy for us you know i think um come on internet Alrighty, I have a feeling I'm back on. It says I'm not, but I'm just going to carry on chatting here. Alrighty, Rob, welcome, brother. Good afternoon. Yeah, so economy is a major part. You know, where we spend our money, where we make our money, um, it's such a major part of civilizational ascendancy. You know, so praise God for it. Um, and then I think as well, just, you know, onto this whole thing of, of, I think a lot of people, when you're just a normie, you know, oh, what do you do? You know, it's just a, it's a, it's a status thing, right? It's like, hey, you know, nice to meet you, da da da. What do you do? I think in normie world, you're you're sizing people up of like, do I give you honor or do I not? Whereas for us in the tribal setting, it's like, hey, what do you do? Because I want to, I want to be in your network. I want to be able to uh, push you to my friends, or I want you to be able to uh, help me instead, and I'll give you money instead of, you know, other people. And so it becomes an incredibly useful thing to start knowing what all your friends, you know, online, and you can keep anonymous, you know, but it becomes an incredible thing to, to really start pushing business and pushing work uh, to all of your friends who are in your tribe. So praise God for that. All righty, gentlemen. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't have uh, 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 much on my heart after yesterday or the last two or three streams, which were pretty, pretty deep. And meaningful in the way of uh, all our dominionist vibes. So I just wanted to jump on uh, today and lighten the mood and basically say, declare a fatwa against industrial farming. So uh, this um, this fall, 
make sure to collect seeds and things like that and prepare your garden plans for next year. Um, a lot of you guys are, you know, either doing stuff now or, uh, you know, have plans to do it. But um, I think next year, like, you know, let's expand. Let's go a bit bigger. Uh, let's go uh, more more experimental, do some more things. I think it's just super fun to to get into this mode of of what am I going to do uh, garden-wise, but also what am I going to do local economy-wise? You know, is there is there a little uh, business, little product, little service that you would like to start doing around your local economy or in the tribal economy? You know, advertising to the tribe that, hey, you know, this is the business I do, the products or the services that I that I offer um, and kind of start planning towards that. You know, like, hey, I'd, I'd like to actually start offering uh, my my value to the the tribal economy. Rob, time for some Wendell Berry posting. That's right. Good old, good old Wendy. Praise God for that, man. All righty, gentlemen. I bless you all. Have a phenomenal weekend. I think, it, uh, I think it's going to be a, a wonderful fall ahead, a wonderful autumn time, as it were. Oh, Dane, welcome, you Australian beaut. <laughs> oh, JJ, Fatwa Friday. Un-Canadian building a local soy-free economy. You know, I, I tell you right now, tell you right now, that that is, that's where we're heading. Soy, soylent free, as it were. Cameron, good stream. Good afternoon, everyone, and God bless. Dane, yes, you missed it, but you didn't miss it. You, you, you really, you landed on the tail end of it, really. All right, my good lads, I bless all of you. Praise God, eat meat, and have a, a good afternoon in the sun. See you, chaps. I'll see you all on Monday.